Welcome back to Aliyah Yomi. Today we're going to be learning together Akev Revi'i, the fourth Aliyah in Pasha's Akev. This is a shorter Aliyah constituting of only 11 Pesukim from Perig Yud, Pasuk Aleph to Yud Aleph. The topic of our Aliyah is the second tablets. Let's take a look at a brief summary and then consider some of the points to ponder. So we hear at the time that Moshe, Hashem told Moshe to chisel out um, the new tablets, the new luchos, like the first ones, psol lucha, and he was told to come up the mountain. Moshe is also told to make a Aaron Eitz, a ark, a, a, some sort of cabinet for these luchos, for these tablets. Moshe made the ark, he reversed the order and he chiseled the tablets and went up the mountain. He then wrote on them the Ten Commandments and he came down the mountain, placed the tablets in the ark that he made. Then we hear about a strange journey of the nation of Israel from Be'eros Bnei Yaakon to Mosera. This is where Aaron died and Elazar, his son, took his place. And then they went to Good God and then to Yodvasa. At this point, Moshe divided the tribe of Levi to carry the Aaron, the ark, and serve in front of Hashem and bless him in his name. And that's why Levi does not have a portion in the land of the land of Israel. Moshe reiterates that when he was on the upper mountain for 40 days and 40 nights, he convinced Hashem, or Hashem changed his mind not to destroy Israel. Hashem then commands Moshe to lead the people so that they could enter into the land of their fathers. That's the basic summary of the Aliyah. A lot of things to think about. We'll, tell, we'll consider a few of them. First is, why is Moshe told to make the second of these tablets? Didn't Hashem provide the first? So the Svarna and the Ramban and all the major Mufarshim point out, yeah, that's precisely the point. This shows you that the tshuva, the, the, the repentance that Israel was able to affect, was not full. They were not going to get the same tablets as they received the first time. The first time it was Ma'asei Kim. It was the work of God. This time it was the work of man. That's to demonstrate that they, they couldn't fully recover from the, the sin of the golden calf. The Diocese Zekenim of the Balatosis points out that, in fact, part of the tikkun of the correction was our doing the work necessary to fix it. So Moshe Rabbein had to roll up his sleeves as a representative of the nation of Israel, of humankind, to make it better. Tangentially, the Diocese Zekenim does quote a few Midrashim, which points out that the, this was actually the marble was taken from the bottom of the Kisei HaKavod, the divine throne, whatever that means, and that the chiselings, the, the, the part of the engraving that was chiseled out, actually belonged to Moshe, which enriched Moshe Rabbeinu. The Nitziv actually point, takes a different direction, and he says that the second tablets are to represent the Torah Sheba Al-Peh, the oral Torah which is embedded in them. In the first one, as we saw a, a little while back, when it, according to the Ksav HaKabbalah, Rav Yaakov C. Mecklenburg, he points out that, in fact, in the first tablets, there were the Torah Sheval Peh was engraved, so to speak, in between the letters. It was also on the tablets. When those were broken, the second tablets only had the words themselves. The explanation was oral. And in order to get there, you need to work really hard to preserve that and understand to understand the context. That's why, symbolically, the second Luchos, which is the dimension of reality that we are in now, requires an immense amount of work and toil, like Moshe Rabbeinu's toil, in making the second Luchos, as opposed to receiving on a golden platter from Hashem. Let's consider another question. What is this Aaron, this Ark, that Moshe Rabbeinu is making? Is this the same one in the Mishkan? So the truth be told, whether or not the command for the Mishkan had been given, which is a debate of Rashi and the Ramban, everybody agrees that the, the Mishkan had not yet been created. And so the Ark, the Golden Ark, was certainly not around. So Rashi explains that because the Mishkan was not here yet, therefore this was a temporary container at the time to, to put the, the, um, the tablets into. And 
He says that when the ark was made for the Mishkan, this one still served as the one that would go out with them to war and take the broken tablets with them. So there were two Aronos based on the Medrash. One would be in the Mishkan, one would go out to war, and this one that was created first would be the one that would go out to war. The Ramban disagrees, and he says this was actually just a regular wooden box, temporarily used before the Mishkan was made, and the gold ark was made, created, and that is the case. Therefore, when the Mishkan was created, this Aaron was nignaz. It was buried because no longer had a use. And the Ramban points out that there are two different tra- tracks in the Chazal, in our sages, and the track that Rashi is going with assumes there were two Aronos, where the classic, the we'll call devol position, is that there was one Aaron, and in that Aaron, in that ark, both the broken and the fixed luchos belonged, and that was the only Aaron that was. This, this particular Aaron was buried once its journey had come to an end. Another question we could ask is, why, why are the broken luchos placed in the Aaron at all? After all, surely if we're on we're called Model 2, then Model 2 should be the only thing that counts. The Gemara Brachos on Cheson Beis tells us that we learn an important rule from here. That is, Hizaru B'zaken Shachach Talmudai Machmas Onsoi. Be very respectful, be careful of the way we treat a sage who has lost their Torah, their, their Torah learning because of a... a, a disease or beyond their control. We know that about Rav Yosef, who was one of the great leaders of the generation, lost his mind to such a degree that when people would tell him teachings that he used to teach, you'd ask who said them, and they would say, well, you taught this to us. So he really sort of lost his, his, his what called the power of his mind, and the Gemara refers to him as one as an example of the Shivrei Luchos Menachem Aaron, metaphorically the broken Luchos, the broken pieces of Torah, still are of very equal and important value. Rav says there's another message to be learned here, and that is number one, is that it's a double memorial for the fact that a the Torah has already been destroyed because of our actions, and we need to fix it. And the, B, the only way to get back there is to come back to what it was originally. And therefore, if we want to reconstitute with the destruction we've made, when it comes to our spiritual growth, we need to come back to where we started. That's the, that is the model what the Aaron is representing. Finally, one last question, this, and that is the, the, the mention of Aaron's death and the journeys that surround it seem to be completely out of place over here. After all, Aralia is not talking about the end of the 40 years, it's talking about the times of Adhar Sinai. And we'll continue to talk about Har Sinai, which was at the beginning of the 40 years. So why is it placed here? So Rashi suggests it could be because to show that the destruction of the Luchos was not just in any event, it was like the death of great leaders. That being the case, that is why it is juxtaposed, the death of Aaron is juxtaposed to the destruction of the Luchos. The Rashbam, Rashi's grandson, actually points out that Moshe Rabbeinu had explained that he had just prayed for two things. He had prayed for that Bnei Yisrael be saved, and he prayed that Aaron also be saved, because Aaron was indicted for this as well, as we saw in the last Aliyah. So people may say, well, your prayers didn't work, Moshe Rabbeinu, because he died in the end of the day. So Moshe Rabbeinu is pointing out that, yes, he did die, but he died in Embarrassed Bnei Yaakon, then Moshe he died later on, and that had nothing to do with, with the sin of the golden calf. Therefore, he is actually answering a potential criticism which is being leveled against him in the prayers that he, um, he put forth for his brother. This concludes the Aralia, and we will continue with Hamishi tomorrow. In the meantime, have a wonderful, meaningful day.